0: This is the Shriners edition of Be Right Golf Digest Betting Podcast. I'm Steve Hennessy. Thanks for listening. We have a great show coming up with Vegas insider and sharp golf handicapper Wes Reynolds. We recorded the podcast Tuesday afternoon just before the news broke that Tony Finau tested positive for COVID-19 so he had to withdraw after that positive test and he says he's in good health and sounds like he's doing okay but wishing him all the best and uh, you'll hear us reference him during the show. He was one of our matchup picks. Uh, obviously, the news broke after we recorded. So, again, wishing him the best. And check GolfDigest.com for the latest there. But this is a good show, uh, breaking down a great field at the Shriners, uh, two weeks in a row in Vegas. And busy week on the Euro Tour and a major on the LPGA Tour. So, thanks for listening. Subscribe to Be Right if you haven't done so already. Here's our Shriners breakdown. Welcome back to Be Right Golf Digest Betting Podcast presented by CBDMD. I'm Steve Hennessy. joined as always by Chris Powers, and we're pumped, like I'm sure all gamblers are, that the tour is in Las Vegas for this new little mini Vegas swing that we got, and that kicks off this week at the Shriners Hospital for Children Open. So accordingly, you know, we wanted to find one of Vegas' sharpest golf handicappers, and we're turning to Wes Reynolds of, of VSIN, who uh, appears on Sirius XM's Green Zone is their co-host and also the uh, Vegas Sports and Information Network's Long Shots Golf Show, which they were nice enough to have me on a couple of weeks ago. Wes is kind enough to return the favor here. So, Wes, thanks for joining us
1: today. Good to be with you guys.
0: For sure. So, like I said, this is the first uh, in this PGA Tour schedule of back-to-back weeks in Vegas. And that's tough because, you know, we, we all know that if you're visiting Las Vegas and you're spending more than a long weekend there can be tough. So pray for these tour pros and caddies, you know, walking out of there with all their winnings uh, from the next couple of weeks, that's going to be quite the accomplishment, but uh, kidding aside, you know, the tour has a couple of great weeks in a row. And honestly, TPC Summerlin, um, you know, of course, a lot of people are familiar with, they've hosted the annual event here since 1992. Uh, there's a little three course rotation back in the day, obviously, and, you know, two courses before they went to just Summerlin on its own since 2008. Um, And then we got Shadow Creek hosting the following week. Uh, That's the relocated CJ Cup, which was in South Korea, now moved to Vegas and creating this little mini Vegas swing uh, that I could definitely get behind. So, you know, we'll break down the course, key stats, what to expect in a bit. But since we got a Vegas insider with us, I want to just get a feel of what these next couple weeks will be like, and, you know, what Vegas has been like lately, Wes, because that's, you know, such a big part of, of sports and, you know, for us and people listening to this podcast, obviously, uh, you know, near and dear to their hearts. So, you know, I know sports books have reopened with obvious precautions in place, you know, so just wondering, you know, have you spent much time on the strip uh, since sports have been back and x know and what's that been like?
1: You know, a little bit, Stephen, in terms of, uh, just kind of getting around the town, but it, but it's a very weird time because, of course, uh, we're not going to have spectators out at the Shriners this week, which is really unfortunate for the organizers uh, of that event because you've got seven of the top 20 in the world uh, in the field this week and 17 of the top 40, including the two latest major champions with uh, Bryson and Marikawa. So it would have been a huge crowd and the weather is going to get a little bit nicer, too because it's been in the 90s and really the high 90s here into early October. But this weekend, it's supposed to cool down into the 80s and even into the high 70s on Sunday, got some nice breezes coming in. So it actually feels like sort of a normal fall here in the desert, finally, as we uh, get into uh, almost the middle of October. But, you know, it's we're trying to have some normalcy here in Las Vegas. It's very hard because Allegiant Stadium, of course, just opened up for the Raiders. Right. No spectators there. So, you know, you finally get an NFL team. That's like the holy grail for a middle-sized sports market to finally get an NFL team. And then you can't have spectators here. So it was really odd watching some of the games and sports books because I don't think this town is used to having a team. Like, they all support the Golden Knights mm-hmm. because most fans that are transplants from here maybe didn't have a favorite NHL team or they were few and far between, but everybody had a favorite NFL team, Cowboys, Steelers, 49ers, Broncos, pretty much every fan base is represented in Vegas. So they're not used to having a hometown team. So it's still very early in the, uh, in the marriage here with Las Vegas and the Raiders, but the town's obviously been hit in terms of the industry from jobs and whatnot, a lot of furloughs, a lot of layoffs at these properties then because this is an entertainment town. And this is a gaming industry town, so they employ a lot of people. So when people are tied on money and people are losing their jobs, they don't have to spend time to spend the money on entertainment and whatnot. So Las Vegas, probably more than most communities, has been hit pretty hard out here. But, uh, you know, hopefully, eventually, we get on the other side of this thing and we don't have events with no spectators. Because I do think that the fans, like from a gambling perspective, we're going to bet regardless. Right. But I think with fans – there, it just adds to the, you know, the intrigue and really adds to the overall event experience.
0: Yeah, totally. With, you know, live betting on site at a PGA tour event, uh, you know, the potential for that, um, you know, which you guys have all enjoyed out in Vegas, uh, you know, for time, but, you know, now sports betting has just picked up so much across the country um, that, you know, and I'm sure next year when the, the tour is back in Vegas, that'll, pick back up, but it is exciting times, at least in sports, you know, being back with NBA finals and, you know, MLB in their playoffs, NFL, you know, thankfully uh, you know, avoiding a shutdown a little bit. COVID hit a little bit uh, this last weekend, but getting through it. So, so yeah, an exciting uh, two week stretch, at least in Vegas. Uh, So, you know, glad to hear people are excited out there uh, for this stretch and, um, you know, first we'll, we'll talk about last week. Uh, we got Sergio who opened up at uh, 70 to one at, at some books. Uh, he, he got it done his first win since uh, the masters in 2017, which is crazy. And I thought it was kind of funny. Steve Sands on golf channel said that Sergio was one of the favorites heading into the week, but, you know, hadn't won in, in three years or whatever. Uh, and Chris, I know you and I were kind of, uh, you know, pissed that we didn't put a little pizza money on on Sergio to win at at that number 70 to one what were your takeaways from from the Sanderson not the the deepest field but Sergio again his first win in quite some time
2: now to be to be honest with you on on Thursday when he was five under I was like oh I didn't even know Sergio was playing this week had a brutal week last week had Luke List I think he missed the cut so that was Thursday was certainly surprising and of course he's got his eyes closed which he claimed he's been doing for a few years now and I don't think anyone really uh, is buying that, but uh, he did clarify on Sunday that it's kind of an on and off thing. The thing, I think the thing that's kind of getting everyone is that, you know, somebody would have noticed it during his master's Masters, right? Everyone's watching. Everyone's there. It's the biggest golf event of the year. Somebody would have, you know, ripped a video off their TV, like, like (laughs) I do on Twitter and tweeted it out and nobody saw his eyes closed at the master's. So It is a little hard to buy. Obviously, Sergio's not people aren't the biggest fan of Sergio. So they're automatically not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I mean, it goes to show you that his iron play is still so elite that if he can just have a decent putting week, he's going to, you know, contend and still be one of the top players in the world. So now that he's in his 40s, you know, we see guys, you know, kind of go off in their 40s. Justin Rose, I'm not sure if he's 40 yet, but. He's kind of peaking a little bit in these late 30s, 40s years. So maybe Sergio's got another good run running him. We know the iron plays there. He's an elite driver of the golf ball as well. If this, this new putting technique works out or, you know, putting technique he's been using for three years, if, if, if that uh, keeps working for him, I, I, don't, I don't see why he can't maybe pick off another major and, and a few more wins before uh, he hangs it up.
0: Yeah, I mean putting with his eyes closed. We pretty much were betting with our eyes closed last week on how uh, on how little success we had uh, golf betting wise. Uh, I was on Cam Davis, who is the 54 hole leader. So me too. Were you oh. too? Yeah, and that was you know a decent pick at 66 to one, 50 to one at some spots. So. Uh, who who else were you on last week? Wes, did you have? Yeah, any, any I, I had a
1: bunch of guys that were in the mix that ended up t six. I had Cam mm-hmm. Davis. I had Chris Ventura. Had Denny McCarthy. And what uh, you guys were saying about Sergio off uh, in terms of his ball striking, he was first off the tee. Who was second right behind him was Chris Ventura. Mm-hmm. And it was really kind of his putting that let him down. Ironically enough, I mean, he putted okay, but didn't post by his usual standards. So Cam Davis, look, uh, he had shot that nine under on. Un- Saturday. So I was like, he might be the candidate, the back. So maybe my best shots are with Ventura and uh, Denny McCarthy. But uh, I did have Sergio, but it was in a matchup over Henrik Stenson. And oh, that's good. look, uh, he hasn't won in three years in terms of on the PGA tour and the masters, but it's kind of an astonishing streak when you look at it, that's now 10 years in a row. He's won an event worldwide. I mean, now some of them may be smaller fields, like on the Asian tour or some of the lesser European tour events in the fall series, but he's still winning, but he gets these big prices because he's so inconsistent because mm-hmm. he's somebody I like to bet at big prices. Cause he's so good off the tee. I mean, when he's right there ranking behind DeShambeau, and look, he's obviously not hitting as far, but the combination of that, distance and accuracy is still so good and it's just can he be okay with the Potter because we know that that's that's always going to be his Achilles heel for a guy that's won 30 plus times or whatever he has worldwide and is probably going to be in the Hall of Fame if not already so you know a good performance from Sergio and uh, be interesting to see if he can piggyback off that forward but I did end up using a couple guys as bombs this week just sticking with them with Ventura and McCarthy because I I like some shorter prices this week, but they were kind of my long plays for uh, Vegas this week. See if they can keep that putting going.
0: Yeah, I like it. And, you know, good points on Sergio and his putting per our guy, Rick Gaiman. His regression model It was the first time uh, in his uh, database. So the last five years, at least that Sergio gained strokes, putting every round of the tournament. So that just kind of speaks to how well Sergio putted even compared to the field. So that's, really a rarity for him. And yeah, if he just puts average on these weeks, he's going to have a chance to, to win more. So good for him. But we got another uh, tournament to break down here. Before, before we get into it, we're going to have Chris uh, tell us about our sponsor, CBDMD.
2: Yeah, CBDMD, the leader in the CBD industry. CBDMD is committed to providing you with high quality, TH-free CBD oil products. Whether you're gunning for a raise or for a gold medal, you need to stay at the top of your game. Everyone from weekend warriors to pros like two-time master's champion Bubba Watson trusts CBDMD to give them the natural support and relief they need to reach their goals. And with so many world-class athletes like Bubba turning to CBDMD, you can be sure you're getting a safe clean product. From tinctures and topicals to bath bombs and even pet products, they've got something for everyone. To make it even easier to discover the potential of CBD for yourself, CBDMD is offering our listeners 25% off your purchase when you use the promo code DISCOVERY at checkout. That's all caps, DISCOVERY at checkout. Once again, CBDMD.com Promo code DISCOVERY for 25% off your order of premium CBD oil products from CBDMD.
0: Thanks, Chris, and thanks, CBDMD. Let's get into the Shriners. Uh, This week's host venue is TPC Summerlin. Like I said, a a familiar venue for those of you playing uh, the new PGA Tour game like Chris's. You know, Summerlin's one of the courses there. Oh, yeah,
2: I've played it a bunch because you got to play it like... um, I want to say if you start your corn ferry tour career and I tried to do it on pro mode at first. So I had to play it like five times just to get through to the next level. So I'm actually quite familiar with Summerlin from these past few weeks. Yeah.
0: Well, (laughs) anything that Wes and I uh, leave out, you could fill in the blanks (laughs) then. Uh, So it's par 71, uh, just about 72, uh, 7,250 yards. So not long at all by tour standards, actually the third easiest course on tour Last season, the winning score is usually 20 under or better. Uh, just three times since 2008 uh, has it be has it been below 20 under. And one of those times was recently in 2017 when it was nine under. It's just crazy, windy, and tough. When Patrick Cantlay won here, and uh, Cantlay's then finished runner up the last two years, uh, lost in a playoff to Kevin Na last year. So this has kind of been Cantlay's event. Uh, he hasn't been playing too well uh, lately, but we'll get into whether Cantlay's a good pick in a bit. Uh, you know, this really is a, a resort like course, you know, generous landing areas. Rough is very low here. Bent grass greens. So, you know, I kind of liken it to TPC Scottsdale a little bit. I think some of the guys I like this week have also done well at Scottsdale. So, you know, it's going to reward ball striking distance off the tee for sure. But, you know, we've seen shorter hitters win here. Um, you know, Kevin, Na, like he said, has won here twice. Um, and, you know, Ryan Moore, who's Vegas guy, has won here in the past. Uh, Jonathan Bird in that playoff on the wow. lights. Uh, that's one of the mo- most memorable uh, moments here in Vegas. Obviously, Tiger Woods' first win uh, is probably the most memorable, uh, you know, finish here. So, Wes, in terms of what you look for this week, have you been at TPC Summerlin? I'm sure you have as a golfer yourself. Have you played here? Tell us a little about your experience here.
1: Yeah, like you guys were saying, it's a typical uh, desert track. Not a lot of trees here. It's a it's an interesting combination because it's Bermuda fairways and Bermuda rough, mm-hmm. but bent grass greens. And really, I think the only one that I've seen on tour that has that that layout this year, from that from a surface standpoint, is Colonial. So. Mm-hmm it's a kind of a short term angle here, but if you look at 2019 who won both at colonial and TPC summerland, it was Kevin Na, So mm-hmm. I liked your correlation with Scottsdale. I, I looked a little bit at colonial here to see if I could find anything. And that's kind of uh, what led me on to who my top choice is this week with Colin Marikawa, who of course, lost in the playoff, uh, first start off the layoff uh, at colonial, missed that short putt to lose to Daniel Berger. But could be a little bit of a correlation, but look in terms of this course, it's only two inch high rough. So the only trick that it can be is if you get in that rough. And Kevin Ah pointed this out last year. It does make it a little bit tough to spin the ball, even though it's easy to gouge it out of there and reach the greens. But look, you got to hit a lot of greens, and and, and you got to putt well here this week. I think they're they're really when I was looking at the stats, there was nothing that was really like okay, this is the type of player that wins here. You know, you have to be good in this and this and this, because sometimes when we're doing our research, we see that pattern and it's always the guy who is best off the tee, or it was always the guy who was best strokes gained approach or who hit the most greens. And it's really kind of buried here because you see the bomb and gougers like DeChambeau won two years ago. And then you see a Kevin Na win, or you see a Ryan Moore win, guys that have historically been pretty solid with the iron play can get hot with the putter. Webb Simpson also, uh, fits into that so and also it's not necessarily a chalk heavy event you've had the chalk guys win and some of the names win like Cantley and Bryson but you've also had Rod Pampling and Smiley Kaufman and Ben Martin now the field is much stronger this year so that makes it less likely that somebody that long of a shot is going to win but yeah anybody and Kevin i said this in his post uh press conference interview after he won last year anybody can win here You don't have to be a bomber; you can be a slap hitter, more of a ball striker. But inevitably, you got to make birdies at a place like this. Even with the wind blowing this weekend, the score is probably going to be in the high teens. I think uh, come Sunday.
0: Right. Yeah. Great breakdown. Great analysis. And I do like that uh, colonial comparison too with Kevin Na. That's pretty fitting. Uh, So, and and you teased uh, your first pick with Morikawa. He's eighteen to one. A little break it on DFS too he's actually the fourth or fifth uh, you know most expensive guy so you know you're getting a a decent discount there he's a ball striking machine Uh, His putting's actually been better uh, since the restart too and obviously the the PGA champion so uh, I like that pick let's start at the very top with Bryson he's going to be you know the topic of conversation this week his first uh, start since his win at Wingfoot and, you know, his bombing gouge uh, victory there. Uh, we know a little what he's been up to since. We, he told us after Wingfoot he was going to see his uh, strength and conditioning trainer out in Colorado work a little bit, get stronger because, you know, that's really a, a priority of his to uh, and add more. that's his problem. Yeah, that's his problem, exactly. But, you know, that's his goal. He wants to add another 20 or 30 pounds, he said, so he's – He's on that track. Uh, He's eight to one this week. Like Wes said, he's a former champion here, has good results in the past. Um, And, you know, if this is a non-tree line layout, not a lot of rough. We know his distance is going to be an advantage here. The the question you're going to have to ask yourself is eight to one. Too low of a number. And, you know, we've seen Bryson actually had a similar number earlier this year, and that was at Rocket Mortgage when he he won, uh, obviously against a way weaker field, as Wes said, you know, eight of the top 20 in the world are here, so, you know, much uh, stiffer competition and uh, much stiffer competition than we're used to seeing out here in Vegas, so uh, Chris, I'll, I'll kick it to you. What, since you're the Bryson whisperer, you want it uh, U.S. Open at the U.S. Open. You cashed your ticket there. Are you willing to take that eight to one number uh, in this field at this tournament with Bryson?
2: Yeah, that was that was a great ticket because it was twenty five to one. Eight to one, no, no, thank you. Um, I'm pretty sure he changed drivers, too. Did you go to a longer driver or 48-inch driver? I'm talking like that? about doing it. We'll see so if he does. He's that. already tinkering. He's already changing his body after, you know, the biggest win of his life. Uh, this is just going to be kind of ease back into a week for him. He's had a couple of weeks off, all the, you know, celebration from the open win. I think next up for him is the Masters. That's that's probably what he's eyeing towards to kind of just get uh, in perfect shape for, for the next major. So, yeah, he's won here. Yeah, he's – probably the best player in the world right now. Yeah. He's proven that the bomb and hacking uh, hack it out strategy can work, but there's just so much, so much value on this board. Even like, even at the top, there's value with a lot of these favorites. And then like a guy like Ventura, like Wes mentioned before, I love, I love Ventura. We'll, we'll get there in a, in a few minutes, but yeah, I'm going straight past Bryson this week. And I like a guy like uh, you, you mentioned a corollary corollary course in uh, Scottsdale you know Hideki Matsuyama plays very well at Scottsdale. He's twenty-two to one. He seems like he's right there, kind of trying to get that first win since uh, Akron. It was the Bridgestone a few years ago when he shot that crazy final round. So that's that's where I'm going to start. I'm going to bypass Bryson uh, this week.
0: Wes, how about you with Bryson? What's your uh, what's your analysis on on that eight to one number? I'd assume that's a little too low for you.
1: Yeah, this doesn't feel like the rocket mortgage classic that you mentioned earlier, Stephen, where it's like, you know what, he's so low, I'm not going to bet him, but he's going to win the tournament. It's kind of like, I think that was a consensus where we all felt that because he had played so well coming out of that. I think he was... uh 20 under par better than the next player which i believe was victor hovland at that point from that first three tournaments when we restarted in june so it's like okay this is a spot where he's gonna win and he certainly did uh matt wolf tried to give him a little bit of a chase but it was bryson that got it done but this week feels different because you're coming off a couple weeks off off a major and then you have a major coming up here in less than a month so this doesn't feel like the spot for him and when i looked at the favorites uh Look, Patrick Cantlay, nobody has better form than him here a first, a second, and a second. And certainly he could get right here, but it almost seems too obvious like, okay, this is where he's going to get right when people just strictly look at the course form. He has not played well. And I think eventually he's going to figure it out, but. I need to see a little bit more before I support him. And then uh, Simpson and Finau, of course, you guys mentioned Scottsdale. They were the ones in the playoff. Of course, I had Tony Finau and uh, and had to take the second place uh, there in Scottsdale as uh, Webb Simpson got hot with the putter, which he's done a couple times this year. But that's why I, I went a little bit past them. But then I think you can get into the middle prices. Uh, like you guys are saying, in terms of Matsuyama, I, I went ahead and uh, chose Marikawa simply because – I think he's had, he, he kind of went through the gamut here in the restart. He loses that playoff at Colonial. Then he kind of snatches victory from the jaws of defeat against Justin Thomas at the workday at Mirfield. So he wins that event. That was his first event because uh, the Barracuda was obviously an alternate field, but this was the first event where he really beat top players. So that gave him competence going forward. He wins the PGA at 23 years old. And then it's like, No rest with the wicked. He's got to go right back out and play the FedEx Cup and then play the U.S. Open. And he was in that U.S. Open pairing with JT and Tiger. And look, JT probably wanted to get him back a little bit and was extra motivated because it's like, I kind of gave one away to this guy at Muirfield in July. So he shoots the first round lead, five under. He didn't end up uh, winning, kind of fell off on the weekend. And then Tiger, who was not in good form, but when you're a young guy and you've won a major and all of a sudden you got Tiger Woods saying, hey, congratulations to you on your major playing with tiger tiger still has a presence. I don't think he scares the field anymore like he used to, but he's still tiger woods and has a presence. So that's a lot for a young guy. So I can give that a little bit of an excuse for missing the cut. but now he's at a couple of weeks off. He is local here. Now, Colin Maracalla lives in Summerlin. Mm-hmm. So you get to go back with a couple of weeks off for a home game and then you don't have to travel. So I think that that's a good spot for him. And, uh, Look, second on the tour last year in approach, fifth game in T to green. Uh, I think he'll like these bent grass better. All three of his wins are on bent grass, Barracuda, Workday, and the PGA. So he was the guy in that top five to seven prices on the board that really stood out to me.
0: Yeah, that's that's sharp. Um, and, and a good point about being able to sleep in his own bed this week uh, in Vegas. That's a huge advantage, probably something the odds makers, you know, did not factor into their prices. So at 18 to one, yeah, it's a big discount, uh, from Bryson. Uh, and yeah, it, for me, I'm with you too, with Cantley. I have reason to, to bet any of those other favorites, but he's the, the guy that I'm, I'm hesitant to push the trigger with him. Uh, just the, the recent form is really poor. Um, you know, I'm willing to look at even Webb Simpson. We we talked about the Scottsdale comparison, uh, but it's the the current form too, kind of sneakily because he had a little stretch where he kind of disappeared a bit. But you know, he uh, I think he's had four straight uh, top tens, kind of sneakily. U.S. Open had the top ten. Um, it's three straight top tens, so decent. And he's won here uh, at Summerlin. Three other top tens. So you know, he's such a good putter on bent grass. He's such a good approach his approach game is so strong. So, you know, 16 to one, you're getting uh, double the odds of Bryson. Um, You know, do I think Bryson is the most likely to win here? Sure. Uh, But Webb, that number's decent. And and Fina too, you talked about it. Powers, you talked about Hideki. I I like both those guys too. Um, It's going to be tough for me not to bet uh, a lot of these top favorites because, you know, they're pretty attractive. And even these, the next tier down, uh, you got some value too. You got, Harris English at 28 to 1. Matt Wolf coming off the runner up at the US Open. He's 28 to 1. Scotty Scheffler, 30 to 1. Uh, he he's an interesting name, I, I think, because, you know, he he came back from his uh positive COVID test last week at Sanderson. He was the heavy favorite. Made the cut though, uh, you know, struggled a little with his approach play, which is you know, not typical for him. So you know, I'm willing to kind of throw that out as an outlier a little bit. And uh, I've kind of seen him do well when, when he has room to navigate off the tee. He plays that kind of low swoop and cut off the tee. And you have room here to do that. Also, uh, in Palm Springs, he, you know, finished runner up there uh, this past season. So, uh, you know, I, I see a little comparison there too, 30 to one. You know, he's got the firepower. He had all those top fives before the U.S. Open before that COVID test. So he's an interesting, interesting name to me. Uh, Matt Wolf, too. So, Chris, I'll kick it to you out of those guys in that next tier. Uh, who's the most intriguing to you?
2: Yeah, a guy you didn't mention who's also in the next tier who I'm uh, back on. I, I just do not know how to quit Ricky Fowler. He's mm-hmm. thirty three to one. Oh. At Fanduel, I know it's gross. I know he never wins. I know I've probably burned. I mean, I don't even want to say how much money I burned on Ricky. But anytime he's thirty to one or, or higher, I, I still I still get sucked back in because you know he does have five PJ Tour wins. There's there is some win equity. Uh, he should have way more, of course. But uh, again, we've talked about Scottsdale as a corollary course. I think yeah. Fowler's done pretty well at Scottsdale. Loves bent bent greens. This is his favorite putting surface for sure scottsdale obviously is bent grass as well and he did uh it was it was his his uh, approach play and t to green play that was kind of lacking this last uh after the restart and i think he was doing a little tinkering with his swing mm-hmm. that must have changed that wing foot because he gained 6.1 strokes t to green 3.5 on approach and he actually had a terrible week with the putter which I mean Wingfoot Greens could make uh you know and the best putter in the world they can make Danny McCarthy look uh like crap on the green so I do like Fowler this week I know it's stupid I I hate it but uh it's a good number so I'm going to go with Ricky this week usually yeah. I just
0: rip you apart for picking Ricky Fowler I, he came to mind too I was hoping the number would we be way better uh cuz we've gotten some 40s and 50s on him in the restart cuz he's played so poorly so 33 to one, it almost smells a little fishy. Like, you know, the odds makers almost know something uh, at 33 to one. They're, they're scared of a Ricky win too. So I don't hate that. Uh, Wes, in terms of that tier, whether it's Ricky, whether it's Matt Wolfe, Sheffler, Harris English, any of those guys have your attention.
1: You guys segued into both of them, actually, that I took. And that being all Shepler and Fowler, and I'll start with Shepler first. I'm just buying on the drift here. Look, last week in the first start back uh, off missing the U.S. Open for the positive COVID test, he was like 9 or 10 to 1. And, yeah, he's the PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. And, yes, he's going to win sooner rather than later. He was playing like a top 10 player in the world Mm -hmm. going into wing foot. So that was kind of unfortunate because I think a lot of people liked him as a sneaky value play. But it's always a tough spot, even in a weaker field like the Sanderson in Mississippi last week. To win as the odds-on tournament favorite, but now you're getting him at triple the price where he should be on the odds drift, and he just had the one uh, appearance there last year. Didn't finish very well; finished way down the board. But keep in mind, he had just gotten on the tour That's because right. all these guys that play on a normal corn ferry schedule are playing that grind and playing that finals to try to get their cards. They get their cards. They don't get time off now with the wraparound season. Even, even in this 2020 COVID season, it's still a bit of a wraparound. They got to go right out and play. They don't have time to rest on their laurels because it's like they got to take advantage of the downfield to uh, get FedEx cut points and whatnot. So they go into that pressure cooker right away. So I excuse that performance from last year. And I think he should go well here. And to uh, Chris's point on Ricky Fowler, look, Ricky at one time was a former Las Vegas resident. So he does have a little bit of roots here because, uh, you know, the, that he worked with Butch Harmon for many years and Butch is, uh, still based out here. Now Butch cut down his travel schedule. So, uh, John Tillery is now Ricky's uh swing coach. I think Tillery's based out of sea Island. So, but I, but Ricky, I think still consults with Butch. He still has a relationship with them and, uh, what Chris said was true in terms about the uh, strokes gained the tee to green approach. His putter was just awful at wingfoot. And We know that's always the strength of his game. That's always old trusty, kind of like Henrik Stenson with the three wood, mm-hmm. you know, Ricky Fowler with the putter. And you really see that here. And I think he's going to like the bent grass here. He was fourth here two years ago. And this just kind of feels like a spot where maybe he's going to get right. And it's like, Oh, Ricky Fowler, where's he been? Cause he's only got two top tens this year. So uh, I think uh, Ricky makes a lot of sense. And I did use him at 33 to one as well. Interesting.
0: I can't rip Chris. If, uh, if Wes bet him too, that means an actual sharp is, is betting Ricky. So uh, that's,
1: <laughs> or at least we're going to tell everybody that yeah, exactly. and let them believe it if they choose to. That's right.
0: So there you go. Well, this next year is, uh, it, it's a little bit of a break from those guys. We just mentioned that, you know, those top 10 or 15 guys are, are so strong in this field. And then you get to 40 to one, you got Sergio who won last week. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure I could back him at that number. Uh, it doesn't feel like a back to back Sergio week. This is a putting contest kind of a week. Doesn't feel like Sergio could back up that performance. But, you know, laundry list of names in this tier Sung J M, 40 to one. Uh, Paul Casey, 42 to one. Russell Henley, 42 to one. Jason Kokrak, 50 to one. He's been playing decent of late. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, 50 to one. Interesting name at 55 to one to me is Abraham Anser. Um, he. Was playing really well at the start of the restart. Uh, Had the close call at Hilton Head, um, and that feels like I don't know. This is a a week where you could get hot with your approach play. Abraham Answer is usually one of the best iron players on tour, and you don't have to be so long off the tee. Answer is definitely not long off the tee. So um, if he's if his iron play is decent, you know that's a decent number for me at fifty five to one, and and then another. Uh, a couple really good names here. Uh, Will Salatoris. I mean, he was the uh, the favorite at twelve to one just a couple weeks ago at the Safeway. Uh, Zach Johnson's been playing decent, fifty five to one. Kevin Na, sixty to one, two time uh, winner here. Cam Champ, sixty five to one. Cam Davis, who broke Wes and I's heart uh, last week, and Chris Ventura also sixty five to one. Who. I was on as well. So, Wes, I'll, I'll kick it to you. You teased uh, going back to Ventura and Davis. Uh, any any of those other names interest you too?
1: Well, I am, uh, and I think uh, Chris is also using him. Apparently, this week I am using Ventura again. Second in strokes gained off the tee last week, only behind Sergio Garcia. Who, in most weeks, Sergio Garcia he may be way down in those strokes gained putting stats, but even when he's down on the putting. He is going to usually be in the top five and stroke gained off the tee. It's like even when he misses the cut, he's one of the best off the tee. So Ventura was right behind him. The putting wasn't poor last week, but it was below his standards. And look, he's putting a lot of pressure on himself because he's seeing his mates from Oklahoma State on that national championship team uh, with Matt Wolf now fourth and second in just two career majors uh, playing very well. Wolf's got to win on the PJ Tour. So does Hobland, albeit at the alternate event at the Puerto Rico open. So he didn't want to be the third wheel. So he's grinding and I can tell how he's trying because he was, he was down on himself. He hit a couple bad shots. And really that's kind of the story with Ventura. He always hits one or two bad shots that Mm -hmm. just kind of take him out of position where he could be there to win. So he was somebody I played. And also uh, I got a good number on Joaquin Neiman at 66 to one. And, and I just thought, Pretty good form lately uh, was top 10 here a couple years ago, third at the BMW respectable at the U S open uh, seems to like bent grass. Cause he's been in the top 10 at colonial at Memorial travelers, Detroit. Uh, so he likes this surface. And also one of the things I like about it is if the wind blows this week, if you watch him, you notice he's got a pretty low ball flight. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps in what could be windy conditions. Now, Who knows if they're just going to be benign, kind of breezy wins, or if they're going to gust. I don't think they're going to gust like the uh, Cantlay win back in 2007 where nobody had four rounds in the 60s. And you look at the historical when we do the rundown, and I do my column, I'm like, okay, who won, what was the score, and at what price did they go off at pre-flop before the tournament? And then I look at Patrick Cantlay. I'm seeing all these 23, 21, 19 under, 17 under. Patrick can't lay nine under palm back in 2017. So that shows that the wind can't expose this place because there's no trees here, but, uh, Neiman, I think that low ball flight may help him. So, uh, and he's, I I just looked and it seems like he's been on the tour, like five or six years. He's only 21 years old, but it seems like he's been out here for several years. And, uh, I think he's scratching the surface. He, he's going to, I think, improve because I think he's always that guy that we thought was going to be the next big star and he leaves us wanting more. It's like we got to give him time because I think we get so spoiled like when Speed won right away a few years ago or now Marikawa and Wolf. So it's like if you don't win right away in your early 20s, you're terrible and we forget about you. This guy's a really good player. Yeah. And
0: he won in uh, at West in West Virginia um, last fall. So, you know, it's proven he could do it and contended a little bit at the BMW too in the FedEx Cup. So you're right, he's definitely got the game and he's long off the tee too. So I like that call. Chris, in, in terms of that mid tier, any anyone jump out to you?
2: Yeah, I mean, like Wes said, I'm 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 with Ventura this week. I got a way better number on him than than sixty-six. I, I think I got him ninety. I'm also going to take him top 10. He's got three, uh, two top tens in his last three starts. I really can't break it down any better than West did, but the only thing I will add is that Ventura played in this event last year, finished 18th. He gained nine strokes putting. So Mm -hmm. I think he likes these greens a lot. um, If the putter gets hot again, he did not play well tee to green or, or off the tee here last year, but he still managed to finish 18th because of his putting. So, he's playing much better in every area right now. So this might be the time to strike for him. Obviously he's, he's close and uh, obviously he's uh, motivated by what Wolf and Hovland are doing. So I love Ventura this week. I like it. How about long shots? Uh, Wes, that's the name of your guy's show. So I'll kick it to you
0: first. Anyone really deep who you're eyeing up past Ventura?
1: Yeah. And in terms of triple digit shots and another guy I did play, I did use uh, doc Redmond at 80 to one. I got Ventura at 80. Uh, Look, Doc was, I think, around the low 30s range last week. So now you're getting him at two and a half times, triple the price. Uh, Pair of threes in his last four starts at the Windham and the Safeway. Disappointed last week, but he's always solid in terms of T degree and off the T and also approach, but just loses it with the putter. He led the field at the Safeway a few weeks ago for strokes gained approach. So. You're getting Doc. It's just mainly buying on the drift here. I surely think he could be a top 10 candidate as well. But in terms of triple digits, uh, the one guy I did land on, and he doesn't have a great history here. I think 15th is his best finish in six appearances. But I'm going to go with James Hahn hmm. at 165 to 1. Hot short-term form. He has back-to-back top tens at the Safeway. And then, of course, at Corrales Punta where I used him on that card. Uh, he unfortunately didn't get there with a tie for six. But it's a little bit of an angle here because, as we saw in Punta Cana a couple weeks ago, Hudson Swafford wins the event at like 200-1. He had about two starts left on the major medical extension that he had because he had that uh, foot surgery about a year ago. So James Hahn's in a little bit of a situation even though he has a few more than 2 starts remaining before he has to really start dipping into the sponsor exemptions. Maybe he's going to be motivated by seeing hey this guy was really up against it and won an event, and now he's in the Masters and in the players and in PGA 2-year exemption, the whole 9 yards every benefit that comes with winning on the PGA Tour. Uh so look, James Hahn, it's it's really weird because he's kind of a big game hunter. Uh He's very inconsistent, but he'll come along when you least expect it. Remember, he's won against big grid fields at Riviera. He won the Wells Fargo. So he's not a total unknown commodity, but he's in that 125 to 150 to one range. This is a guy that could hit the first page of the leaderboard. If he doesn't win outright, I think he's a good top 10, top 20 if you guys get into those type of props.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's probably 10 to 15 to 1 for a top 10 bet. So that's that's a good call, too. I like that. First-round leader, too. He's someone who tends to get really hot early in the week. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's got the game to contend. I like that. How about, how about you, Chris? Any deep
2: sleepers you're, you're eyeing up? I do. I, I like Han. I, I'm pretty sure he played well at Corrales too. He was, he was kind of in the mix late on Sunday. Um our, our one of our old guests likes to call weeks where he bets on some of his favorite guys. Jeff Feinberg calls it a friends and family betting card. And that's kind of what I have this week with Ricky. And I'm also going to bet, Patrick Rogers is at one fifty to one, which he was down. I mean, two weeks ago he was down in like the forties, maybe even lower. Yeah. So you're getting a huge break on him, and obviously it's because he he missed the cut last week. I think that's a major overreaction. I know the field's very strong this week, but this is kind of back to the numbers where I like to bet Patrick Rogers at because I, I do think he's going to win on the PJ Tour eventually. Uh, he loves bent grass. Um, Bermuda's his worst putting surface And that, that's what he played on last week. He lost almost three strokes on the greens. He shot an opening round 75, but he came back really strong. He shot 68 on Friday. He made a hole in one. I don't, did do you remember hearing about Patrick Rodgers sure, right. making a hole in one last Friday? I didn't, but it was on, it was on his scorecard on pgator.com tour.com. So he gained 3.17, 3.167 strokes on approach on Friday. And he also gained T to green 3.6. Those are his two worst areas. We've been talking about that with him because He's a big topic of discussion on this show just because of me, but his, his approach play has been so bad and, he, and he's kind of been, you know, just piecing rounds together with his putter. Now he's on his favorite putting surface. Um, he may have found something on approach and, and, and off the tee last week on Friday. So can he carry that into this week at, at a big number? Maybe, maybe this is the week uh, Patrick Rogers pops off and gets that first win. I'm going to bet him top 10 as well, just to kind of give myself that, uh, that out too.
0: We we just need like a teaser reel of all the times you've bet at <laughs> Rogers and just combine them together. Maybe this is the week you've and probably, then at, and I'm, the I'm with
2: you guys. And then at I'm the end, you. put the the total winnings zero dollars.
1: He's a he's an Indiana boy uh, from yep. Avon, Indiana, and it's amazing. Uh, I saw a graphic I think on one of the telecasts a few weeks ago. There's a trio of all time Stanford golfers that are tied for the most wins in the Stanford golf program. Patrick Rogers being one of them. Maverick McNeely, who's another guy, I decided to quit this week and watch him win because I've been using him, thinking that he's in really good form. And maybe his uh, paramour is going to motivate him a little bit. That being Danielle Kang, uh, who's bringing home all the trophies uh, to the house back here in Las Vegas. But so it's Rogers, McNeely, and some guy named Woods. They're the top three in the history of Stanford Golf in terms of most wins. But I can't keep betting McNeely though because he can't hit a fairway. He can putt the lights out, but if you can't hit fairways, you're making those big putts for pars and not yep. for birdie. Yeah. I,
2: I want to say I had him at uh, the op- the opposite event late in the summer, with the one in Tahoe. There. Yeah, I had and him he, too. The Stableford, and he, and he was right there, and then his last four holes, he kind of just fell apart. But I agree with you. I mean, I love he, – he's another guy. He's uh, DraftKings, DFS, if you like him. He's super cheap. He's always a big number. But, yeah, you're right. He just can't uh, – He's lacking in too many other areas besides putting. Yeah. I think last
0: week uh, at the Sanderson, he gained 11.9 strokes with his putter. That's like insane. He did not win on a week like that. He, he did finish in the top 20, but um, you know, that, that kind of carries the day. He hasn't gained strokes on approach since the rock and mortgage. That's when he finished eighth. That was uh, his other best finish us, uh, you know, other than the Sanderson since the restart. So yeah. Um, yeah, I thought about him too, being a Vegas guy, uh being familiar out here sleeping in the, is in, in his own bed like Morikawa, but uh probably won't do it. Maybe a first round leader, bet, because uh that's a bet. I don't think he's gonna win. But a, a couple long shots I'll throw out to you guys are uh Harold Varner the third at 80 to 1 at FanDuel. Uh he's someone who's played out here a bunch, uh doesn't have the best uh record, but he's made the cut in his past four starts at Summerlin and uh, he's fifth in strokes gain off the team is past in the past two months and third in opportunities gain per fantasy national. that's uh, how many chances you have from 15 feet or in uh, for birdie or better so with him it's the putter. Um, but you know what kind of makes me believe it could be an hv three week is what West said at the jump is colonial is a decent comparison and hv3 was in the mix at Colonial uh, he was a first round leader I believe in the restart so, um, yeah, again, it's the putter with him, but I'm willing to take a shot at 80 to one. He he's proven that he's one of the more elite guys, uh, off the tee. So that's a decent number to me and 150 to one Harry Higgs. He's making his first start, uh, since that runner up at Safeway. Uh, and he didn't even gain a lot of strokes putting that week. He gained 3.9 strokes. Uh, but the approach was really good. 5.4 strokes gain on approach 7.6 T to green. So, uh, he had the 11th place at Northern trust too. So he's kind of rounding in a form and 150 to one seems like a nice discount there. A little pizza money on him is certainly a bet that, uh, that I'm looking into. So, um, those are a couple guys and just a name that kind of caught my eye in this range compared to where he was last week is Sam Burns. He's 160 to one. He was 28 to one last week at Sanderson. I know different putting surfaces bermuda but you know he missed the cut and all of a sudden he's 160 to one so um you know he's been playing really well since the restart the inconsistent uh finish last week but um just scrolling through the odds board that was an interesting name there so um anyway let's get into some uh props and matchup bets uh Anything you guys like that you haven't mentioned? Whether it's a top ten uh, matchup, make the cut, anything like that, I'll, I'll kick it to you, Wes. And anything uh, that jumps out to you?
1: Yeah, I went a little light on the matchups. Number one, because the market isn't opening up until Tuesday night, Wednesday morning on some of these. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't use Davis on the future, but I did use him in a matchup at minus a dollar fifteen. Uh, the battle of the Camerons, uh, Davis over Smith. So. Mm. Look, I think Davis maybe can carry over that form. One of the reasons I liked Davis last week, because uh, I thought that there was a big correlation. And I think you saw it ring true a little bit with the Wyndham uh, at Sedgefield Mm -hmm. and also at Sanderson Farms uh, at the Country Club of Jackson. And it ends up uh, Sergio, former Wyndham winner, does win. JT Poston was in the mix. Davis I liked last week because he had those 365s on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, even though he finished out just outside of the top 10, and that's why I really liked him last week, and he just got off to a bad start and really couldn't recover and kind of, you know, stayed with it. Good on him for staying with it and getting that top six finish, but I used him in a matchup over, over Smith. I also used Morikawa at even money over Cantlay. I think Cantlay's the favorite, basically, because he has such good form here, but He's going to get it figured out, but it just seems too easy and almost too logical because sometimes in golf betting, you got to defy logic a little bit, and you got to kind of zig when everybody else is zagging, like you kind of mentioned with Sam Burns. A lot of people I saw tip him last week at the Sanderson Farms didn't really show out, so maybe you go back to him this week when everybody kind of wants to run away. That's when you go to him, and that's kind of what I try to do a little bit with some of the golf futures betting, because I found that that's kind of a uh, worked for me. It worked for me this summer when uh, DJ was a way bigger price than usual, not a huge price, but bigger at the travelers and everybody was kind of down on him. And then of course he has those two eighties at the Memorial that inflates his price and he goes on and wins uh, uh, nearby right after that. So that's what you got to do. You want to use form, but sometimes when a, a, a player gets tipped one week, and they disappoint, and then it's like, scratch them off the list because betters are impatient. Right. It's the same thing with any other sport. With football, it's like, well, I bet them last week and they didn't cover for me, you know, so so they're dead to me. And you can't be that way. Sometimes you got to go back for seconds even though you got burned the first time. So except that except makes a lot of dumb. sense. So, yeah, yeah. So Davis over Smith, Morikawa over Cantley were the only two matchups I have to this point at least
0: like it. I'm, I'm going to pick off Patrick Cantlay, too. I think in a matchup, DraftKings has this Tony Finau over Cantlay. Finau is minus 112 over Cantlay. And, uh, you know, Finau, in terms of birdies, made, he's, you know, top five on tour. Cantlay's up there, too. But, uh, you know, I'm willing to take Finau. Uh, you know, his form has been a little better than Cantlay's. And, you know, he easily could
1: If I don't use him in the futures board this week and he goes on and wins because now is on that list of guys that I keep betting and he keeps getting top tens and majors and he keeps he keeps like keeping hope alive for us to think that like his breakthrough, I think, is going to be at a big event. I don't think it's going to be at one of these Puerto Rico opens or, you know, greater Milwaukee opens, even though that doesn't exist (laughs) anymore. But you get my idea. Smaller event. His breakthrough, I think, is going to be at a major or a WGC. It just kind of has to be at this point. Yeah, I was
0: big on him last year here, I remember. And, uh, you know, same reasons why I like him this year. Uh, Chris, who's your matchup pick of the week?
2: Uh, I do like Gorilla over Coocher. Um you have to make a lot of putts this week, so that kind of makes me a little leery about betting a uh, grillo because he's one of the worst putters ever to play the sport of golf. But uh, <laughs> Kuchar just has not been good. You know, he's typically so consistent. We make fun of the the backdoor top tens, but hey, that you know that's how he's kind of made a, a career. But he has not been his normal consistent self. I know I had him top forty at the uh, at Wingfoot, hoping I was kind of you know like Wes was saying zigging when everyone else was zagging, and he continued to play poorly so I like Grillo there I do have uh, Denny McCarthy first round leader that's at 80 to one I just think he's you know he, he he's put himself in contention these past few weeks but it's a big ass to kind of win a tournament for him right now but uh his putter's coming his putter which is his best the best club in his bag had kind of gone cold a little and he finally started to put it together with his irons last week the putter got hot again so maybe he comes out Thursday, you know, throws up a 64 and gets a share of that first round lead. I'm, I'm still trying to hit one of these first round leader bets one of these days. Steve, Steve's hit a few of them, which are, are such nice payouts. And you can bet on, you know, lesser known guys that kind of usually play well on Thursdays and then fade on the weekend. So I like Denny there. And then a couple doubles. I did double up Cantley with uh, Thomas Peters over on the, the Euro tour at the BMW for some big odds. And then uh, my my Keimer Matsuyama, former top players in the world, who are getting close to a win. That's my other double at uh, plus nine four two hundred. So hopefully some big payouts there. But uh, I know that's asking a lot two guys he, to win a golf tournament.
1: Peters was one of my guys over there at the at Wentworth this week for the BMW PGA. I didn't really go too far down the the board there. I picked vaguely proven guys with Peters and took a little bit of a shot with some of the older guys, Poulter, Westwood guys that have experience on that course. Uh, so uh, we shall see. Uh, that's going to be an interesting tournament. Mm-hmm. And and the nappy factor has got to pay off for Thomas Peters at some yeah. point, doesn't it? I keep, I keep betting it though. And I keep losing, but uh, look, the new daddy in July, I, I he's too good of a player. When you really watch him play, it's like, this guy should be one of the best players on the European side, like mm-hmm. going forward in the Ryder cup. But he just kind of always leaves you wanting more, but I think he's got a good shot this week.
2: Uh, we had him. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Steve had him, but myself Myers. and Alex Myers had him uh, at Wingfoot to win big number. And man, the putter just really let us down on the weekend. I, I think Myers uh, shared one of the, the guys tweet in uh, the grind. It was like, I think it was eight putts inside of five feet on Saturday. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: I, he really should have been right there. Maybe he, he wasn't going to get to six under like Bryson, but there was no reason he shouldn't have been kind of in in the hunt late on Sunday. So if he just holds some five footers, I love him this week. I think he's 28 to one, at BMW. And you look at this BMW, these past winners, I mean, big names for Molinari, Norin, all great European tour players. Rory's won there. Willett won last year. So that's kind of a a big time players course. So Peters love Peters this week. And then Keimer on, on the other one. I like that. You guys kind of talked me
0: into Peters. I, I might uh, double him with Bryce and maybe that's a way to get some <laughs> price action because outright, you know, it's kind of unbeatable at eight to one lower at some shops. So uh, there's, it's actually a good week of golf. We got a, a major on the LPGA tour too. there, there they're at Erotimic for the KPMG. That's a great course. Wesley uh, Thompson's 21, throw that out there. Uh, I think there's some value on the women's side too, so you know that's an option. Throw a couple bucks on a double with some of these favorites; uh, could be a, a good payday. And uh, just got to say before we wrap up, Paris you know, he's the the long shot pick of our guy uh, Brandon gadula from FanDuel. He picked up 4.6 strokes on his approach play at the U.S. Open, missed the cut, but you know maybe that's a sign that you know he's kind of rounding back into form, and he, he could get a hot putter. So, you know, compared to Emiliano Griot who usually does not get a hot putter uh <laughs> kind of like in my uh you know, powers and i did a, a little season-long matchup bet and we're, we started it last week I, I hit my matchup he did not hit his with uh sam burns burns
2: so, already already
0: up and uh kind of like in the way you know your your matchup pick might <laughs> turn out with gadula picking the future so and like I said, I'll go uh, Tony Fino over Cantley for the column on GolfDigest.com and our, our season-long matchup uh, with a little dinner money on the line. So, anyway, that was a lot of fun. Thanks to Wes Reynolds of VEASAN for joining us. Check out VEASAN.com for his work and everything they've got going on over there. And the Vegas channel, uh, if you get SiriusXM, is always great listening. I'm always listening when I'm in the car. So, uh, it's going to be a, a great two weeks uh, in Vegas despite the no fans uh, thanks to our sponsor CBDMD. thanks to greg gottfried our producer uh, good luck to everybody with their picks whether it's golf baseball basketball football whatever you're betting you got sports back so it's a great thing make sure to subscribe to be right wherever you get your podcasts and see how our picks do this week and uh, check back next week to see who our next guest is uh, for the cj cup